welcome back to King Rose Court, the bonus sessions. Um, this is coming off Podbean from season one, and this is a third in the line. I think I'm gonna do about six or seven, just so they're there on Spotify and the normal things. And uh, we resume our proper podcasting tomorrow, and that will be up as well. But I'm going to give you this one for now. This was an old friend of mine, another old friend of mine, and was one of my, I think it was my first drummer for Two Tales of Woe. Fantastic, fantastic musician. One of the best drummers I've ever seen and played with. Um, He's got his fingers in so many different pies right now. And it was nice to just sit down and have a little chat with him and catch up. This is Dan Lang, or Lango, as you might know him as, from the scratch, formerly of Red Enemy, and uh, Monuments. Enjoy. Welcome back to King Wall's Court and a very professional uh, setup I have here today. Uh, thanks again for uh, listening in. We're doing great on the old uh, downloads, thanks again, which is amazing. Um, slow but steady wins the race, as they say. Um, I have a very good friend of mine, a very old friend of mine here with me today, who was kindly taking the time out of his busy schedule to join me for a little chinwag, because it's been too long since we had one. And uh, he's in the King's Walls court today. This guy is, in my opinion, the best drummer I've ever played with. And I've played with some fucking really good drummers in my time. And um, I'm sure if anyone knows my band, you'll know who he is. Uh, he's in a lot of bands, and we will talk about them today. But please welcome Dan Lang to the, ba- to the band, to the, the court. <laughs> welcome, Dan. How's it going? It's okay, and you? For the handshake, of course, come in for the handshake. Cool. Thanks for coming up today. Well, it's hot. How are you keeping? Good man, good. Fly out. Busy, busy. Straight into the new year. Yeah. Hit the ground running. But uh, all is good man. Every all time we see you, you're doing something. Yeah. Which is yeah. which is a good a good complaint. Yeah, yeah man. It's uh, yeah, it's like it, it's it's it has its uh, you know busy patches and its quiet patches and right now it's just a particularly busy patch. But yeah, I'm trying to embrace it as much as I can. Enjoy it while you can, and, that's it. and get that fucking talent out there. Well, that's, that's what I always say. Best. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we'll start right back as as it's it's like an interview as such, but we'll just like you know have a, like a chat, like you know. Yeah. Um, I know you a long time. I know you from when you were. I know you when you were a very kid. Yeah, yeah. Were we one of the first bands you played with? Uh, the second. I was oh, only yeah. in one band before that, and that was yeah. Red Enemy. Um, wow. And then I started playing with you when I was 17. <laughs> I can't believe it was that long yeah, ago. Yeah, I still have a picture of, of, of us. Do you remember that old picture with me oh, and yeah, Joe yeah. and Nesbitt and Larry and, yeah. and that's a, on the stairs? Tom O'Connor, remember that one? When it was called uh, Temple Bar Music Centre. That's right, yeah. It was in the staircase at the backstage. That was area. a good one. That was a, that's... My God, there's so much history in this fucking band, it's unbelievable. I know. 
Do me, do me a favour. Tell me what got you into drumming and what started, like. What well, uh, you know? So when I was four years old, I got a present uh, of a set of drumsticks and uh, with it a big plastic box of peanuts. <laughs> and I got it off me uh, second cousin. Who I thought was the bee's knees. Still do think is the bee's knees. Well, thanks but, to him uh, so much for, yeah. for what we have now. <laughs> but he was like, he was a big music fan. And he was just, I mean, very sound to me as a kid. And uh, I looked up to him a lot. And he showed me, you know, the likes of the Prodigy and stuff at a very cool. early age. And uh, so, yeah, he just got me this random present. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, the age of four. I believe box peanuts and a set of drumsticks. And I thought, I've since said it to him and he doesn't, he obviously, he doesn't remember. You should have kept that box of peanuts. Yeah, I actually (laughs) held on to those sticks until I was like 15 or 16 until I eventually broke them playing them. But uh, (laughs) he, uh, that's what planted the seed. And then I just had, I just, from, I remember just from the age of three, just uh, not knowing what it was, but just any time I heard music, it just affected, you know, it just gave me that buzz. Like when I, you know, I remember being three years old and uh, my mum's friend putting a pair, of, a pair of headphones on me, and like they were really good quality yeah. headphones. So it was just, it was just surround sound. I'd never experienced that before, and I remember just like feeling insane. You know, yeah. I was like, what the f- how, what, what's, what is this? You know, feeling. So it was just, I, I always just was very uh, interested in music, and then. That coupled with that present just eventually led got to me just getting into drums. But I started off in Bowron because that was all I could convince my folks to let me get. Still a good start. Oh yeah, I was I was into the Bowron. I loved the sound of it, and yeah, uh, I took lessons in that for a year, and then on the Bowron. Yeah, yeah, deadly. Yeah, and uh, then finally got the folks to let me get a drum kit, and then that was it. The Bowron, Bowron got dropped and straight into drums. Yeah, and then yeah, that was it, and then. Just kept at it. It was just that thing in in, in school that uh, I really lashed onto, you know. Mm. Um, and it was what I did when I got home from school. That whole kind of the usual crack. Just was obsessed yeah. with it, you know. And just kept it up. It was the one thing that I've kept up my whole life. Where I just and couldn't it's, get it's up. obvious, man. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you know. I mean, I'll never forget. And uh, we, we'll we'll get into our little bit of history in a bit. But I'll never forget when you first came into the jam room. I was like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Fuck me. Uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, as I said, and it sounds like I'm, but, I, but credit where credit's due, like, you know, I still well, think you're the, you are still the, the, the premier world drummer, like, you know what I mean? You know, that's very much. Well, yeah, it's true, so. But yeah, so tell us, go on anyway. Um, that was it. Well, look, I was, I mean, one, around that time, was it? Like, when I started, I started playing drums, like, just before that was when I started listening to uh, the likes of like Metallica and Pantera. So it was like primary school, it was all about Limp basically and Papa Roach. Of course, yeah, you, were, you were up that age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I rinsed Papa Roach's first album for about a year in the Discman and then we met my, uh, I met Doc, who's like an old friend of mine now at this stage. But I met him in, se- in secondary school and Kev and uh, both of which were in, ended up being part of Red Enemy and they were just like, here, you need to check these lads out. And <laughs> they, I remember one time going from one class to the other, and Doc 
as he was walking past me, just kind of stopped me and just said, here, I'll check this out. And just threw the headphones on. Yeah. And it was uh, the intro to Mouth for War. Oh, brilliant. And uh, I was just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Who are these lads? Yeah. And he was like, oh, Pantera, man. You can get these into you. And I was like, I fucking will. <laughs> Deadly. And then, and then he showed me Metallica as well. Um, he was like, you know what? You know what I mean, Kid Rock? I was like, yeah, yeah. You know the, you know the way American Badass was yeah, knocking about? Yeah. And I was a big wrestling fan at the time. So I knew that, that tune. And he was like, <laughs> these lads fucking rolled man. And uh, <laughs> and he showed it to me, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And then that kind of started my whole uh, interest in, in metal. Love affair with metal. The usual, everyone's yeah, yeah. It's like Pantera, Metallica, the usual. Yeah, I think we all start off with when, well, you know, Iron Maiden, Metallica, Sabbath, Pantera. Yeah. Going on to that now, like you know, into that more of a Pantera, like even nowadays, kids meet Lamb of God. Well, you know yeah. that. You know it's. I think I, I think I would see them as kind of the last kind of Pantera esque yeah. band. Yeah. Kind of. It doesn't mean I'm a big fan of them now. Yeah. But uh, they have that kind of vibe, haven't they? Oh man, yeah, I had a serious love affair with Lamb of God for a few years. They were my, like, they at one point were it for me. Yeah. Um, just, uh, what was it, As the Palace was Brain and Ashes of the Wake. Ashes of the Wake. And yeah. then Sacrament, even those three albums. Sacrament was, good. Uh, that was the one I liked, I have yeah. to say. Yeah. You know, um, Adler's some drummer. Yeah, yeah. He's a fucking drummer. He was just so creative, man. And then that coupled with the riffs. Mm. And then Randy just sounded so different from everyone else as well. And I just really, I just was into that. Yeah. And I just loved that Southern vibe. It just, it, it was that, it was the first band that I'd heard that kind of really embraced that Southern vibe since whether Pantera. Oh, yeah. To my knowledge at that point, you know. Yeah, they were, yeah. You know, well, I mean, I, well, obviously there was a whole genre of southern metal or whatever else but yeah. for those kind of, that kind of band to, yeah yeah, they were the ones that really did yeah. kind of hit that sound as, as a little teenage nipper who knew Bleeding Nothing you know what I mean ah, Lamb yeah. of God you know like that that was like the first that the first band since Pantera that I heard that sounded kind of like you know just had that southern vibe yeah. and I just loved that Deadly. so much and uh, yeah so oh my god, absolutely. Oh my god, they take away the sins of the world. That's it. Have mercy on us. <laughs> so come here. Um, so Red, Red Enemy was your first band, was it? Uh, yeah, it was called okay. Steel Lined. Steel Lined. Ah, yeah. I mean, so we all come up with weird names. We were like, yeah, it was the first band myself, Doc, and Kev were ever in. We were all playing instruments for about the same amount of time. And awesome. we were all, we'd become quite close at this point. And uh, so we just naturally, you know, decided to start a band and had a breeze, what to call it. And Steel <laughs> Line was obviously the best we would come up with yeah. at the time. But it was originally Doc playing guitar and singing. Oh, really? And Kev actually played guitar. Oh, wow. And then we had a mate of ours, Dave Lawler, playing bass. Um, and it was just a four piece. And... Um, we just jammed in Doc's uh, attic and also in Kev's living room. <laughs> and yeah, which was... Yeah. With your full kit and all? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> Bernie, Kev's man, would, would drop in with, you know, a little tray of, like, you know, Kiora orange ah. and crisps and bit Like, they were, like, looking back That's and they were so it? sound. Yeah, because the state of us back then. <laughs> like, this, the tunes <laughs> we were playing, the gear we were using, you know, and... You know, we were literally just right next to the kitchen where her and her husband were, wow. you know, chilling. 
and it was not quiet. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they were just they were seriously sound about it, and they they put up with that for four it's four to five years until yeah. we finally, you know, pulled the finger out and got ourselves a rehearsal space. But that was yeah, that like steel line became red enemy. Then we find we we nicked the name off a mate of ours who was in like he this lad uh, Dave Nolan, uh, absolute legend. He was a he was in our school. And I remember him telling me at one point he joined this band called Red Enemy. <laughs> and they were an indie band. Right. And uh, I just thought, I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, you know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> when we were looking to get a new name on the go, I got, I went over to him, I was like, hey, is that, is that band still going? He's like, nah. And I was like, can we with that? And uh, he was like, yep. So that was that. Then we were called Red awesome. Enemy. And then Kev, Kev got into the habit of screaming a lot when he was pissed and one night we were at a house party and Kev Kev did the usual whip the top off and then said well no actually sorry I went for a kip and then they obviously thought it would be funny for Kev to just burst into the room and jump in the bed and scream in your face <laughs> and uh, so that happened and then but there was a moment when he did it we were me Doc and, and I'm, well me and Doc were just like you're actually all right at that. Do you wanna, <laughs> so you took a positive wanna, yeah. negative thing. Yeah, we, we were just like, do you want to just do that in the band? And he was like, yeah. And then, was yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we got another guitar player. We got we got Adam Adam Moore, yeah. a friend in on guitar. And then at that point, sorry, Joe Panama was playing bass. What well, Joe? Yeah, Dave. Dave, I think we booted Dave out. And I can't remember why. But uh, sorry, Dave. I don't know why you did that. <laughs> it's and, been a long uh, time. Yeah. <laughs> And Joe joined the band. He's just a friend of mine from when, when we were young. Yeah, we made friends uh, at swimming lessons together. Deadly. When we were only wee lads, and uh, then yeah, like so, Kev became a singer, stopped playing guitar, and then we got our mate Adam Moore in, who was playing in oh, Damocles. That was Damocles. The yeah, yeah. Jeez, I remember that name. And uh, he was in the band for a while, and then he couldn't commit. I can't remember exactly why, but there was reasons why he couldn't commit, and then. Uh, Rob Powderly joined the band. Oh, all his names then, I remember. Yeah, and then that was the that was Red Enemy for the foreseeable. Yeah, and then well, you just really struck a chord, man. When when it was there early, you know, as I said, I've known you from early on. Yeah, um, been involved with Larry and all like, yeah. and, oh, fucking unreal. We're just mad into we just we're mad into playing like we practiced a lot like and we like whatever you know. The songs weren't there, but like we we just really enjoy playing our instruments a lot, and it just made us toy. And then so even though the tunes weren't, you know, groundbreaking by any mm-hmm. means, we were we were toy live. They were still and good though. Kinda, yeah, them. I mean, yeah. Look, it, it was what it was. We were only we lads. You know me. I wouldn't be normally into the, the style of yeah. music that Red and would go into. Yeah. But Jesus, it's like I was saying to Dave from Caldgar. I wouldn't be necessarily yeah. be into. Celtic black metal. Yeah. But yeah. there's something there, what they do, that makes me like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, and as far as I was concerned, you guys were untouchable, like, you know yeah. and, and me and like, well, me, me and I used to look at each other and go, wait, the fuck? That's, yeah. that's, that's, the, that's the level right there, like, you yeah. know? Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, it was always great fucking hearing this jam or play or whatever, like, you know? Yeah. I do Great times, man. I mean, we, 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 like I said, it was never groundbreaking. We wore our influences on our sleeves. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but 
um, it was just just really we just really enjoyed it we really, really and that's the most it, important yeah. thing isn't it yeah. and, yeah. and I think the, what you've, the experience of having as I said the parents you know, doing the, the yeah. food for you and all, that, ex, that brings that experience to a better level for you yeah. and it helps shape to what you are now today I think you know yeah. it's great it really is yeah <laughs> ah yeah and the people we met the friends we made just through being in that band and playing gigs around you know Ireland uh, it was just I mean it wouldn't have happened any other way so I owe a lot to that band <laughs> yeah know, through the relationships I've, I've, I've made you know and uh, well in terms of the relationships I've made with people and like you know I've maintained and, and just like you know the people I've kept in touch with over years yeah. you know I'm still mates with so many of those people so it was just a I mean jeez I couldn't recommend forming a band anymore yeah. you know even if it's just for that just, just the, for fun the social aspect yeah. of it and just the crack you know whether it goes anywhere or not you know it's just it's it's just a great way to spend your time. Of course, yeah. of course. And you've you've had a lot of experiences on the road with Red Hand, haven't you? Uh, we did across the UK and we just we did the UK and then we did the UK a few times. Uh, and we did we went to America. Uh, wow. Later on, like uh, for an album, we went and recorded an album in mm-hmm. LA, and then we spent about two and a half weeks touring over there as well how did that go that was amazing I mean playing to the bleeding promoter and the sound engineer for half of them but like right. just the buzz man yeah. we were, like we were given a van and gear and just sent on our merry way yeah and like just like just even driving over there just making our own way around was just amazing it's further than most bands get yeah in yeah. fairness even to try that yeah it's very hard to, to be able to get that together, that package together, and do it. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it'd be virtually impossible for me right now. Yeah. You know, and even yeah. back then, you know, like I mean, so yeah. it, it was great, and the, the experience again stands to you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it was like it was literally a case of sleeping on floors here and there, and then sleeping in Walmart's Walmart wow. car, parks car parks in in this van, and then some of the drives were up to seventeen hours. So we'd just be taking shifts. Wow. And you'd, I'll never forget, like, turning on to uh, one of the highways. It was my shift. And looking at the sat-nav, and it was over 600 miles on the sat-nav before the next turn. Wow. So not even, yeah, like, that, that, and it was literally just hold the wheel straight. Stay away. Stick it on cruise control. Yeah, drink. Gleading NOS or Red Bull or whatever energy yeah. drink was, was going in the, in the, you know, the petrol station at the time, and they're just going for it. Yeah. And uh, and come here. What was the, was was um, it, if you know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah. Was it was a different plane for the sound? Like, were the sound engineers different over there than what they are over here? Uh, in their approach, were they nah. supportive? Were they assholes? Or nah, we were. Everyone was so sound was over there. I don't know whether it was, the, you know, the Irish aspect, mm-hmm. because, you know, but or you know. Uh, but no, look, the, the hospitality everywhere was just great, um, and, and particularly in Texas. I don't know, we all just fell in love with Texas a bit. Yeah. We, play, we played most of our gigs there. We, we did like I don't know. Well, we yeah, we played four gigs in Texas, and uh, just the people we met there, we really just grew to like you know very quickly. 
like one of them being this dude Rustin. Uh, he ran this bar in Fort Worth. Okay. Uh, he's actually since passed away. Oh. Uh, he had a heart condition, I believe. Um, and there was actually we only found out about it because uh, there was a uh, what you call it. What do you call those things where it's a fund, a funding? GoFundMe. GoFund, yeah, uh, to try and raise uh, money for his hospital bills. Right. And that's how he found out. Like, in, at that point, he was in a very bad way. Okay. And uh, but he like just and from once once we got in the door, he was just so hospitable. The sound engineer was so sound, and he turned out he actually sat in quite a lot on uh, um, Pantera's early. Uh, sound engineer, like, oh, wow. and uh, so he, he, yeah, so he would just have Pantera stories, and we were like, oh geez, you know, <laughs> yeah. that, we all love yeah, a Pantera yeah, story, yeah, and and he was just so efficient. I remember at one point, like, there was just a, a mad, you know, the changeovers were very quick because of the the time constraint, and I was trying to set up, and he got up on stage, and he saw I was trying to untangle all these wires from your mixer, and he was like, dude, just slow down, man, don't worry about it, we, you know. We'll, we'll start the gig when you're ready, you know, and, yeah. and uh, he was just, he immediately calmed me down, he was like, look, just don't worry, you know, it's all good. Yeah, that's We're cool. just here to have a bit of crack, and then at that point, Rustin just came up with a round of shots for us, <laughs> and they just made us feel, like, so welcome. Friends. And, yeah, and then later on after, like, Rustin just kept feeding us beers, and uh, he was like, oh, we should go down to uh, Vinnie Paul's uh, strip club, and... We were like, what? Yeah, and he was like, oh yeah, shit, it's only down the road. And he was like, I'll drive this down. Savage. And uh, I don't know if we, we, we still haven't, f- we never really uh, solved this kind of, we never really figured this out, but we feel like he may have gotten in touch because he, he knew, he knew Vinnie Paul, he knew uh, a few of the uh, people who worked there. And uh, he, I think he may have like arranged uh for us, or he, he may have called ahead because uh, when we got down like we were, I, was, I remember just pulling up and I was like is that Vinnie Pauly outside yeah and I was like nah. and then we were like no wait it actually is Vinnie Pauly and then awesome. we opened the doors and we were just like oh my god it's fucking Vinnie Pauly <laughs> yeah. are you fucking kidding me and he was like how's it going lads so well, it was we like opened you the clubhouse yeah yeah but yeah. then not, not only that like he was just like he got us in for a picture and then he, he went to the bouncer beside him he was like here look take these lads in take them over to my table and show them a good time savage and we were like what you know we were just how is you know alone. there was one yeah, yeah. for that alone like, I, like all I could say to him was just like oh, oh a big fan man uh, <laughs> we're over here from Ireland uh, doing a tour and we you know we couldn't pass through without going to the strip club and he was like oh you're all welcome man. You know, and we were just like this is insane this isn't real and uh, so we went in anyway, and then everyone at the table, all of Vinny's friends were at the table. So Vinny had gone at this point because he yeah. was just leaving, uh, and he was wrecked. And he was like, ah, you know, I'll leave us to it. And uh, but we went in, and the, the, there was just this kind of like you know, there was these seat, you know, like over at his table, there was just this crowd around it, and uh, this huge bucket of ice with like. An arrange, you know, an assortment of whiskeys in, <laughs> in it, you know, and like the lads who were sitting on the table were like, oh, how you doing? Yeah. Uh, I heard you're uh, Irish. I hope you like drinking, blah, blah, blah. And we were like, yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah. And uh, he was like, uh, well, here, what are you having? And we were just like, this is insane. And then it ended up having just a great night, just hanging out with his mates. And uh, so I think, sorry, yeah, 
I think it was one of the one of Vinny's mates that Rustin knew, and I think that's how we were kind of trying to piece it together because it was like they were expecting us. Yeah. it was weird, yeah. man. But we were we were just like that's an awesome, take it. awesome, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, and that was that was one of the memorable moments, of course, uh, yeah. from that tour. Like so, like just there was a few bits like that. You got the bags grave? Ah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, like in Austin, we had we had time to kill. And we went to this place called Barton Springs, and it's basically just well, it's a spring, and mm-hmm. you pay three dollars and you go in and you just chill for the day, and it was just beautiful. And exactly. The weather was lovely, and we just chilled there for the day, and then went and played the gig, and the gig was in this venue called the, the Dirty Dog, and this was just after uh, South by Southwest. So like we, I think we were, I think we were playing the Monday night there, and South by Southwest was finished the night before yeah so you can still see like the beer stains all over the streets oh, right. stuff. so like literally nobody was about everyone was absolutely oh, no. done in from you know the the weekend previous to it. but uh again like the, the bar staff were dead on and then but yeah so nobody showed up by this like bike gang uh, who just happened to be led by this chap like the president of the, the bike gang uh just so happened to be from belfast oh hey. so he caught me right she was like I run this bar down the way you should buzz down and hang out and then so we did that we went down and hung out with him and he just kind of showed us around the place and savage yeah just recommended places to go and and, uh, and that was just the experience everywhere we went everyone was just only too happy to yeah. you know look after us uh, you know recommend places and just you know hang out yeah. and that was it like it was like everything like the, the gigs were good fun and the bands we were on tour with were, were sound uh, but like it was everything that happened around the gigs that just made that it, made you know? it for yeah, you yeah, yeah, that's, yeah but their experience as I said you'll never forget them now. oh absolutely you know and if you hadn't gone over Jesus you wouldn't have gotten to do them you know what I mean we were doing our very best to just be in the moment and just realise that you know it's like look what we're doing just remember this you know and we just we were constantly trying to do that and uh, because like yeah it was amazing yeah it was just like we were just delighted to be there it's amazing, man. And, and so, how many albums did you record with Red Army? One. Just one. Oh, the one. But yeah. did an EP or before? Did an EP? We yeah. did. We did two EPs. Uh, one was called. I think one we did in two thousand nine. I want to say, and then. <laughs> I think, I think uh, we should have got docs in for this interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane, man. I don't do this. <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> uh, and then the next one, I think, might have been 2010, 2011. And uh, then the album was 2014. So we were, we were slowing the old writing process. I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it went it. down well, the album, didn't it? Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah, like, we, well, <clears throat> we, that was the album that, in 2014 was when we went to record it. In, in LA mm-hmm. and then we released it uh, in October or something of 2014 and then we just toured it uh, a small bit and then that was when the band just kind of we just kind of kind of kind of kind of have I said kind of at all yeah or just, just a little bit <laughs> <laughs> uh, we at that point grew pretty exhausted with the whole thing um, it just kind of came to a natural halt and mm. um, because we we were at that point we were we were at it about at that with you know we were at it about eight or nine years mm. and we were looking back we were thinking about all the wrong things like like it speaks for itself an EP 
two EPs and an album over eight years is fuck all. I know. You know what I, mean? I know. <laughs> and it's because I, I know we were just trying to. We were, it, you know, we were writing everything with a view to getting on a tour or getting signed. We were doing everything to get those so things. Nice. Those, yeah. the, you know, to get the to get a record deal to go on tour and to make a you know a career or whatever. And we were just totally neglecting what was important, and that was the music. And then, like, you know, naturally enough, when we did that, nothing came of it, you know, because it was just so, we were just trying way too hard, yeah. you know, instead of just taking it back to the tunes and writing music and enjoying that process and then just letting whatever happened Happen. come, you know. Yeah. And uh, so we, when, it, when, when nothing, when the things that we were expecting didn't come to fruition, we just got more and more frustrated and eventually we just stopped, you know. It was never a case of us saying to each other, oh, we're just going to call it quits. Mm. But we just stopped jamming. We stopped organising jam sessions, right. booking gigs. And then it just fizzled out, you know. And so it's still kind of like, I guess, on a hiatus or whatever. Yeah. But it's, it's yeah, and, and like... It would be. I'd like to think that someday we'll, we'll write a tune again. Hopefully, and do a gig, even yeah. just do a bleeding gig for the crack. Uh, well, it'll be sure, for just that. The crack. I'm sure you know? will. I'm yeah. sure you will yeah. because it sounds like you still have toy friendships. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, which is good because you know yourself. Some too many times bands fall out over whatever reason and they can't get it back together. And yeah, that, you know, there's a, an opportunity missed there to get a, a, a reunion back or you know a good gig back together or whatever. Yeah. So that's great to know that you know like it, we won't. I don't think we've heard the end of Red Enemy essentially. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I think the world needs Red Enemy. I still think we need Red Enemy. So well, I don't know. We'll, we'll, I'd say it's well. I can't be sure, but I'm, I'd like to think we do a gig at some point again, just for the bleeding crack. You know. Just let's get the finger out and do it. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, as I say, um, it was always, uh, you know, you know, my time, as you know, is always kind of. My mom was busy, hmm. and the couple of times I did get to go out and see us was always worthwhile. It was just Kev was some from her. Yeah, yeah. And he's all added something else to the to the show, you know. I mean, Mister Doyle on bass. Oh, he's Some man. boy, wasn't he? Yeah. And I think that he, I still couldn't believe it when I saw him playing bass because I remember him as a drummer. Mm. Jesus, what a drummer as well. He was amazing. Does he still play drums at all? Nah. He, we and myself himself did the, the boy for Phil out there recently. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. It was with Mr. Conor McGorn. Yeah, no no less. Who will, who has agreed to come on to this podcast. It's just nailing him down, like, you know. Ah, yeah, he's a busy <laughs> man, like, he's a busy man. He, yeah, it was great to play with him because... He's a legend. He's just, yeah, he's a phenomenal player and I respect him a lot. Who was singing at that as a player? This chap called Frankie Hayes. Um, right. Who I'd never met before. Um, but he had played with uh, Connor in the past. That was the kind of mutual friend there. He, yeah. So Connor was asked to do it because Connor's been involved with the boy. With the boy for years. Uh, on and off for years, yeah. Since he was a kid. Like, yeah, yeah. I think his first gig was when he was 11. Yeah. In fucking Point Depot. Yeah, I think there's video of it. Yeah. Like and uh, so he got asked to do it this year and I remember blabbing on to him at one point when we were out one night just saying oh jeez I'd love to do that you know and, and he remembered and got in touch and he was like do you want to do the vibe and I was like 100% <laughs> and I was like oh, 
I don't care what we're playing. Well, I just want to do the boys. And uh, but can we please do Chinatown? I don't know if we could do Chinatown. <laughs> it sounds deadly. Yeah, yeah. It's not a video. <laughs> and. Uh, and I was like, after that, I don't care. And oh, actually, also, would you mind getting Jade Oil on base? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. So the the, the three of us actually Jordan played guitar. I saw well. that, yeah. And then Frankie uh, sang, and he he was he, they were just amazing to play. Like I, I'd never played with Connor, and I'd never played with Frankie, and they were both just a joy to play with. You know, they both just killed it. And do we have the embryo of a new band there? Maybe we want to do it. Well, we. Uh, hoping to do the next void and then also the bash for Philo which is around his birthday lovely yeah. in August and yeah because we were buzzing after those gigs yeah. we just had such good crack together you know we all got on really well and so any opportunity uh, we're going to be given to play again we will definitely be taking it awesome uh, 100% because it was just so much fun man. serious crack but that was the first time we played with Jay since uh November of 2015, I think. Oh, yeah. What are we talking about? Sorry, knock and stopping. 2016. That was the last time I played with Jay. And, uh, is he doing that? He minute? is running a dog Groomed. care uh, slash walking business. Are you serious? From his gaff. Yeah, he loves his little dogs, doesn't he? Ah, uh, man. He's like, he's the fucking dog whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, he's, he's a, gas. He had a, was it a little beach on Freestyle or something he had? Or a small little... Milo, the little white one. Yeah. I don't know what it's called, but yeah, Milo, that's his, that's his like... Is this he got him? Uh, he does, yeah, yeah. And he's um, got, uh, he owns another dog called Jax as well, who they rescued. He found him in a park one day walking Milo, I think. And uh, they held on to him. He was scared out of his mind. And um, they took him in, uh, hoping to find the owner. But nobody, uh, nobody got in touch, so they just oh. kept him. Yeah, but... Uh, Himself and Moyle will make a, a whopper little team. That's yeah. how it's worked out. And then now, but now when you go over to the gaff, it's literally about you know you know that you know that opening scene from Hey Arnold. Did you ever watch Hey Arnold? Hey Arnold, no. It was a cartoon, and the first the first opening scene would be like uh, Arnold opening the door and about hundred dogs coming running out. <laughs> right. So that's the crack. And you go over to Jay's now. There's about twenty dogs running to the door <laughs> barking. And him just coming up behind, screaming at them, telling them all to shut up. You should do, you should try yeah. and recreate the the open yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but he's full time with that now, and loving it. It seems so. He's musically like the the vibe was the first thing he'd done in a while. You hadn't missed a trick, had he? Uh, no, no. Chaps hadn't picked up a bass in about a year, and he's a natural. Out. He's a natural, gifted musician. It's like yourself. Like I've seen, as I said. I've seen and played with some amazing musicians, and some of the people I've gone through Red Enemy are just. Uh, and yeah. as, as I said, I know it sounds like I'm, you know, but I like I really do love that that bunch of musicians that much. Yeah. And yeah. it's my podcast, but I can say what the fuck I want anyway. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. Well, I agree with you though. He's a, he's man. He's a he's a genius. He's yeah. a fucking genius, and he's just he has it when it comes to uh, music and being able to, being able to play bass and being able to play drums. He'll, he'll never lose that, you know. No, I mean? It doesn't matter whether he plays on the regular or not; if he, he'll hardly notice it. Yeah. You know? um, he's and he's great to play with because and um, being a drummer as well, you know, he was great to have in the band. It was just great to have another opinion. You know, the other lads didn't have an opinion, but he just played. He, he, yeah, he had like a lit, like he'd often have an idea that he could literally play for me. Yeah. You know, sometimes. When a guitarist or singer have an idea, 
they can't really communicate it the way they'd like to. They can hear it in their head, but communicating is another story. And if it got worse, vice versa. Like when I'm trying to bleed and explain a riff to somebody, yeah, you know. Um, but he was always just able to do that, and it was lo- it was great because he the way he, his mind works is just he he's like he's got that uh, he's got that Meshuggah mindset, you know. Mm. So that he's he's just he's Mr. Groove yeah. so you know I'd, I'd, I'd often get excited when he'd have an idea that he'd want to show it to me because it was oh nine times out of ten I'd be like yeah I'm using that yeah. I mean, that's so would he get behind the kit and show you stuff yeah or he'd just be able to air drum it to me and then I'd get it you know? savage yeah so yeah and if, he, if I didn't get it with his air drumming he'd just sit down and get and do it for me yeah and uh, that was delicious to have you know just someone else to buzz off with yeah. ideas you know? that's great yeah um, so are you? Do you keep in? Do you keep in with the metal scene at the moment? Yeah, no, really, man. I, it's weird. I, I'm trying to think. Call to Arms are the only other band that I psychosis. Like I know names, but uh, I haven't gone to any metal gigs in a long time. Mm. Um, just be it. Well, just from working often on. I, I gig full time like in yeah. wedding bands now to make money and then playing in the other original bands I'm often just gigging on Friday and Saturday nights yeah. you know so I wouldn't have a chance to go but then as well like from playing with the scratch the gigs we're playing uh, we're playing you know we're playing to new crowds and we're playing with new bands from other yeah. genres and I'm kind of I'm just getting more into that now you know and yeah once you start to, with a different genre it yeah it really expands your, your yeah. horizons, I suppose you could say. Yeah, and from like sessioning with other musicians, I'm, I'm becoming more familiar. I'm getting to know their bands, and then I'm going to see, you know, the, you know, like, there's a, like the, the the college bin. Uh, is just like, like, how would I say this? Like, it's basically just farting out like so many delish young players now and they're all forming whopper bands and uh, like I'm getting to know more and more of them and yeah. uh, so I'm going I'm just uh, like metal and not many of them are playing metal none of them are playing metal so like it's it's like metal for me has just kind of gone in the back burner just not not like deliberately just it's just know, the way yeah, their, it's just your, the way your path gone. is gone kind of yeah and uh, so I'm kind of just like more in tune with that, you know, bands coming out, yeah, BAM, and then just you know, people associated with um, or bands associated with th- that college. Like, I'll be seeing them more often and, and going to those gigs more often, and then just doing my own gigs, so yeah, yeah, metal has just taken a bit of a backseat. So, tell me a few of the, the drummers around the scene, yeah, or around Ireland that you'd, you'd, you'd know or that you'd like, or is there any drummers? Yeah, of any genre. So, do you know Ben Wonders? I do. He's in terms of metal. Sharkhorn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he played uh, with Zerat towards the end of their oh, yeah. buzz. And he is, in my opinion, the best metal drummer in Ireland right now, without a shadow of a doubt. Well, that I know of. Yeah. He's like, he is, he's absolutely class. And then there's, oh, geez, man, there's fucking loads of drummers. Ben Garth from Overhead the Albatross. Yeah. Such a creative drummer. Uh, Keen Hanley from this band called the Cora. They're kind of like this neo soul buzz. I hope I'm getting that drawn right. <laughs> uh, but 
there he's an incredible player it's just an, like again really creative yeah an incredible an incredible sense of dynamic dynamics um, who else Rob Kennedy I don't know if he's playing in any original bands oh he's yeah little is it little one I think it's little one is the name of the band he is unreal yeah like yeah and I'm trying to think there's loads of people I'm, I'm leaving of course, out yeah, but, but like Keen the looks of Keen Ben Rob they all came from BIM there's so many unbelievable players coming out yeah. of that place, man. Uh, and it's it's class to see. You know? Of course it is. Yeah. Of course and, it is. Yeah. I mean, I, this, this country's always had a wealth of talent. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's not supported the way it should be, I don't think. No, no. You know, and that goes across every genre of music. It's yeah. not just metal or whatever, like, you know. Yeah. There's no real support there. It's almost like they don't think music can be a viable career. yeah. You know, our, our, what annoys me about that is, and it's just the way it is, but like, if you want a music career, you have to play covers for the most part. Yeah. That well, seems to be the way it is. It's like to get boy, you know, in order to fund your, you know, well, in order to fund yourself to play original music, mm. yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a way to do it. It's very hard to make a living solely off sessioning, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just the size of the country, you know. It's it's a combination of what you're saying and just the, the you know the the size of the country. Yeah. It's just not enough people in the in the country to True. sustain uh, like uh, you know a vibrant music scene no. in terms of just being able to make a living off it. I know. know. Yeah. It's and it's a shame because yeah. as I say, there's so many yeah. talented musicians across the board. You know? I mean, you can do it. It's been done, but it's just really hard. It's very hard. Yeah, it's harder now. Yeah, than it was back in the old days. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was because everything was was about your talent. Yeah. Nowadays, I think for the most, like, it's a lot about image as well. Yeah, I and mean, that's always been there, though. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. it has been there the whole time. It's 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 just part of it. Yeah, you know, it's part of what people latch onto. I suppose like, uh, the, the pop, the modern popular musical in the music industry is different now. Mm. You know, it's as I say, it's all about uh, what's new, what's fresh, what's what's right now, really. And I think if if you're not in that kind of mold, yeah, you, you're not gonna get anywhere. You're well, gonna... it's kind of a bit of that, and then just you know, it's it's the music scene has become more saturated now. So it's it's if anything, it's about sticking out and being different. That's like that's never been more important. Which is also quite yeah. difficult nowadays. Yeah, it, yeah, because like, you know. You know, if you try to be a bit different nowadays, it, it'll either be seen as genius mm-hmm. or just totally bonkers, like, you know? Yeah. So. And then down the line, seen as genius. You know, like, like you know, yeah. you know, you know who, like, and I have to be honest with you, it was a person who I never really liked uh, was Lady Gaga. Right, yeah. For example, now she was different in her own way. <laughs> but, like, she, did you ever hear her playing piano? Yeah, she's Fucking amazing. Yeah, she's incredible. And so she, what she did was she got her name out there. Then, as soon as she got her name out there, she started playing kind of what I would class as normal music. Not this poppy disco stick bollocks that she used to do. But, like, she'd play, like, big, big show songs, and yeah. she has some set of pipes on her. Man, so she's, she's, she's amazing. Yeah, she, so she she's established herself, hmm. and then when she established herself, she did, more or less, did what she, the stuff she liked to do. Yeah. You know, which, some people will do that, like, and... She like, played the game. Yeah, she I applaud her for it, like, you yeah. know. So yeah. there you go, Carl King Wo King is actually 
applauding Lady Gaga. I never thought I'd ever say that. Well, you know, <laughs> respect where respect is due. Or credit That's where it. credit is due. You know. I just want to touch. Just want to touch on a. You were briefly with a band called Monuments. Yeah. Yeah. How did that come about? Now, they're a big band in their own right as well. They're yeah, a really yeah. big band. Uh, I, I am friends with uh, Ollie, uh, who was one of the guitar players, and I met him uh, back in 2010 when Red Enemy were doing a tour in England. He just happened to be at the gig. He was out to see his mate's band. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just got chatting at that gig and kept in touch. And then, actually, for one tour, he filled in for Red Enemy. Um, Ollie Guitar, sorry. I'm fucking burping here, uh, <laughs> but then yeah, so like we we just became friends and kept in touch, and two years was it summer yeah in like March or April of 2016, he got in touch. He was like, look, we need a drummer for a run of uh, dates we're doing this summer. Would you be interested? And I was like, yeah, cool. Uh, and so they sent me the tracks, learned to set, and tour- did two tours with them. Wow. And then I, I just, I, like, I got on really well with them. And uh, so they said, look, if you're interested in joining the band, uh, you know, the, it's there, the, the, the position's there for you. Yeah. And uh, after a while, I, I just got back in touch with them and I was like, yeah, I want to be in the band. Savage. And then uh, after that, so after, like, those uh, tours I did with them, um, they were, that was just coming to the end of a very long album cycle for them and so they were just taking a well needed rest you know and like you know as it does with everyone like you know life gets in the way of you know yep what you're you know what you're doing is being in a band and so they were all just kind of doing their own thing for a while and so was I and so while they were taking time out I was just getting busier and busier here and uh, so it got to the point where I just realised that I wanted to do the stuff here more so than uh, no. being the band and well just knowing how much I'd be away with them yeah. when it came time to tour uh, I just I, I just realised that I wouldn't have any time to do the stuff that I want to do here which was all getting busier you know yeah. and so I uh, so I ended up just leaving then after that but um, and it was all good ah yeah I mean it, it was nothing it was nothing personal. It was so you didn't, where you, I didn't, was at. you didn't record with them or anything, no? No, I was due. I was meant to record an album with them. And uh, so that was just, I was focused solely on that. Yeah. And I was taking up, it was taking up all my time. So I was neglecting a lot of stuff here. And that's what just made me realise I need to, I need to just take a step back. Of course, yeah. So they can get someone in that, you know, uh, can focus on that 100%. Because yeah. it just, it, it's, it, it's a band that needs you know, all your focus on it because it's it's challenging to play and it's quite they're gonna be yeah, yeah, and they and just the tour the tours they had lined up, you know, it, it just meant that it just required full commitment. And, yeah. Uh, I just couldn't commit to that. Unfortunately. But well look I mean you did it, is, you know? and you got yeah. to do it and you got to play some good gigs with them and I got to play yeah and just to play with them was great because they're all incredible players. Same bunch of lads, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And they were very sent, like they were just really accommodating while I was in the band, you know. Yeah. And when I told them I wasn't going to be in the band anymore, they couldn't have been sounder about it, you yeah. know. And uh, they were really understanding. And uh, yeah, I was just wishing the best, I guess. 
course. Yeah, yeah. well, we'll keep our eyes out for monuments and see how they get on. Yeah. You know, yeah. They've got your seal of approval, so they oh, must be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me this, um, before we move away from the metal aspect of your career, um, tell me some of the, your favourite gigs that you played. Like just a couple. Uh, any, of, any of your bands? There was a. I, the first one that springs to mind is a, a, a floor show I did with Frustration, um, which was a hardcore band, yeah. local hardcore band. Seriously, and fucking hardcore man. They were. They're like. It's comprised of a bunch of me good mates, you know, and uh, we. It was the last show we all did, or the last ever frustration show, and it was in this squat just beside Fibbers. Oh really? Yeah, I can't remember what the name of the bleeding place was, but it was just this room, and yeah. we just set up a PA in it, and it was packed. Yeah. And there's footage of it on YouTube. Cool. Um, the full show was up there, but just from the first. You know, counting the place went fucking mental, and the whole time, like Cruz on bass and uh, Martin and Gav on guitar, like they were they were facing me and acting as a kind of like a barrier right. to stop people falling on top of the drum oh, kit. Wow. And that, so the whole time they were just looking at me, yeah. and it's really, we were all just pissing ourselves laughing. That's just how insane. That was it was. hard. Yeah, that was a real yeah. hardcore style. Yeah, yeah, just people. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Floor, like there was there was no stage or anything, and the people were just like swimming over the top of the crowd and just falling on top of us. It was just like a, a, a just a wave of people just coming at us for wow. forty minutes, and we we did the album that we all record or that we recorded. Uh, uh, Don't even breathe. We did it from start to finish. Deadly. And that was just I'll never forget that gig. Deadly. That was just unreal. That um, sounds awesome. I'm just trying to think. Like the Button Factory for Red Enemies album launch, that was a night to remember. That was just, it was just great to feel a venue like that. Of course. Being yeah. a local metal band, that was uh, just... It's not easy uh, to do that. No, like, well, just, we, yeah, we we were really proud of ourselves. You know, we were really yeah. just happy with that. Like, that was, that was the, I guess, the, well, it was the biggest gig we've done in Dublin. Yeah. And uh, so that... That was a, a big moment for us, and so yeah, that that's definitely there anyway as well. And then just some of the gigs I was doing with Monuments Man were insane. Yeah, uh, yeah, we did a, we did a, like a lot of festivals. Um, the first the first gig I did with them, uh, Grass Pop, that was just amazing. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it was, it, it, you know, it was the first gig I did with them, and it was a festival as well. So it was yeah. just, I was freaking out, you know, and. Uh, <laughs> And to, to to make matters worse, when I was setting up the kit, I realised I left my pedal back in London. Oh, God. So I was just like, the anxiety was just building. And then, but then, as soon as he started playing, Swanee turned around, Swanee's the bass player, mm. and he was just kind of jamming with me. And it yeah. just immediately kind of... Kind of relaxed you. Brought me back down and relaxed Bed. me, yeah. And, and uh, the gig was a success. I didn't completely fuck it. So I was like, <laughs> yes. Deadly. I didn't fuck it. And... Uh, the lads were happy with it, and afterward we went. That was my first, you know, backstage, uh, you know, festival experience. Yeah. In that, like, there was, we we went to a buffet, and I was, you know, going along this carvery, you know, with a tray, you know, next to the likes of Zach Wild, and <laughs> they were saying they were just swanning in, in and out. Yeah. And we were just like, oh, just fucking take us there. Mickey Six, there's fucking. I was like, this is insane. And then meanwhile, like, you know. I was getting this food and 
and you know making me way up and then I was getting offered steak and red wine and you know it was just like what is even going on here and then after that we went out and just checked out uh, Black Sabbath who were headlining that night so that day was just amazing that's brilliant you know what I mean that was my first uh, Monuments gig experience that was monumental wasn't it it was monumental sorry you could say (laughs) (laughs) sorry and so that's definitely up there Um, I'm trying to think of other gigs man You've done so many. I'm definitely leaving some fucking banging gigs out here. But off the top of my head, those three are definitely uh, ones I'll never forget, for sure. There was a gig we played uh, years ago. I think we'd... uh, Remember, I I think I was close played it, and it did the sun, Mm. and Fibbers. And it was packed. It was one of the the few times that we packed out Fibbers. Right. I think it might have been one of your last gigs with us, actually, you know. It was years ago. I think I still had the poster upstairs somewhere. But it was hours For every band. Yeah, yeah. It was brilliant. You know, because yeah. uh, it's, it's very rare that I would have played a... Well, any time we play Fibbers, we get a great crowd. Yeah. But for the place to be absolutely heaven. Yeah. It was brilliant. Fibbers when it's like that is water. It's unreal. Yeah. It is. It's dangerous. Yeah. dangerous. I remember was after... Machine Head gig there was an after party there and it was absolutely grand as well oh yeah we would us be yeah, like that yeah we were watching this thing we Rob Flynn watching us at the side of the oh, street was it? yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, 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 there we are rocking away and uh, Largest and he goes there's Rob Flynn and I was like what? there's yeah. Rob Flynn giving a sock like you know yeah, and yeah. Like, I was like yeah, I wouldn't have been a huge Rob Flynn fan I was just like oh whatever like you know yeah. but he was talking to the lads afterwards and they were like, why weren't you playing over in the uh, ambassador with us? Yeah. And we're like, we don't know. <laughs> but that was a good night, actually. Sorted out, Rob. Yeah. Sorted it out. It was a good night. Yeah. Yeah, um, was a great night. yeah so you've had a, a a good, long career in metal, ah, yeah. so to speak. Because, yeah. of course, this is a metal show. Yeah. But we're going to switch over a little bit now because you've two other bands I want to highlight, which is. Um, I'm going to go with uh, The Hit Machine. Right. Tell me how you get into that. Uh, <coughs> Tell people what it is, yeah. The Hit Machine is a drum troupe. Uh, and it's basically... Well, it's just a drum troupe and it, it with... Well, yeah, it's a drum troupe and all of us wear kilts. There's like a costume involved, like this yeah. vest thing and uh, a kilt. And we play anything and everything. <laughs> Anywhere. Literally, like we've done. You rang in the everything. new year, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. But we do. It's it's up until now. It's been mainly corporate events and weddings, and uh, so that was the original plan for you know a money maker. You know we could play drums with yeah. money. That was the plan. Well, you know, Kev who started it, and uh, not a farmer always closed drummer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, so, but now. It, it's I think it's three or four years old, and now we're starting to, uh, we're getting the itch to just get into festivals. And yeah, that'd be turn awesome. It, turn, yeah, turn it into a band. You know? <clears throat> that'd be awesome. Um, festivals. Yeah, so that's what we're doing with it now. We we did uh we did Body and Soul Festival last year. How'd it go? Amazing. Yeah. It was just such good crack. It just felt. Very natural, you know. Just felt yeah. like after we were like, "This is what we need to be doing." This, is <laughs> and it was uh, like there's twenty of us. I think there's between twenty and twenty five of us, and that's just to uh, 
cater for all the gigs. So you don't all play together. together in any one day, there'd be like three troops going off to three different weddings or a corporate event or whatever. But for that gig, we had eight drummers and we were playing in the forest. Such. And before we went on the stage, we just we were on straps and we went around marching around the forest playing drums, just I guess making noise and you know uh, <coughs> getting attention, getting a crowd together, yeah, yeah. getting a crowd together yeah. to, to the boys down to the stage, and then we made our way down to the stage and then did a show, and it just like the place was filled up, Savage. and it was such a buzz. And uh, so we were originally meant to play the Saturday, which we did, and then afterward the the stage manager was like, "Here, look, there's a free slot tomorrow on the Sunday as well if you want to do that." And we were like, "Yeah, absolutely." <laughs> so we did two days in, in body and soul. So uh, after that, we were like, "Right." We need to just we need to do this all the time because that was just way too much crack. So now we're just we're in the process of recording an album. Oh, cool! And we we got our friend Doc. Well, Doc, yeah, uh, uh, shot the whole uh, gig from Body and Soul and edited together a video which we're using to pitch to festivals and stuff. So yeah. and now we're actually currently uh, working with uh, DJ Declan Pierce from uh, Today FM and. What we're basically doing is with him, we're just playing along to uh, a set that he's made, and it's entirely comprised of '90s dance tunes. Oh, right. So we're just drumming over it, and uh, so that's what we're, we're rehearsing for that at the minute. And the first gig is next Thursday. Where's that on? Uh, in the Sugar Club. Um, is it a Hit Machine? So it's a it's, show. Yeah, it's Hit Machine and today and today FM. He's right. like yeah, he's a DJ for today FM. So it's today FM that are running it, um, and so we're doing that with him. Uh, next Thursday with a view to making it uh, a regular thing and which uh, doing a festival time, circuit this summer by the time this comes out it'll probably be yeah then because it won't be going up tonight it'll be going up next week oh so, okay very good by the time good. people yeah. hear this you'll probably be on stage so it's tonight yeah it's on right now <laughs> uh, so we're doing that and, and we're also trying to put together uh, a show to get into nightclubs that would be you know like so We've got a, an album's worth of material and we're working on more stuff that we're hoping to uh, put music over and play in clubs. Awesome. So that's I, th- I the think there's a, there's a market for it there because now it's yeah. doing it. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's just very striking <laughs> looking, uh, first of all. like it's, it's a bunch of lads in kilts with these weird leather vests on, <laughs> screaming and shouting, playing drums. You know? Sounds uh, awesome. So it's got, yeah, it's got great energy and it's a lot of fun. And uh, I think like just combined with tunes if they're good you know if the tunes are, are right and, and suit the buzz I think they could do great but either way it's very exciting and it's a lot of fun to be a part yeah and, uh, it always looks like it, you're yeah. having great crack for you playing yeah man and Kev is a very very driven man and he's he's a doer he, he likes to make things happen yeah uh, and it's just yeah he's just dragging half of uh, Dublin's drummers along with him <laughs> and paying him while he's at it so yeah, he's, he's, play he's fucking killing it yeah yeah that's what I like I to mean, hear he's given he's literally given lads jobs you know yeah. so we're all well, very grateful for playing that with that yeah fair <laughs> play to him yeah he's fun man so that's, well, that's the hit machine in the hit machine yes yeah. so I'm, I'm pretty interested to hear the album he's gonna do yeah it's all the one at the minute is just all drums so uh, we just want to throw it out there, and then it could be. It's one of those things that could it could it could just be used for, uh, you know, films. You mm. know, uh, that in, stuff could do well. Yeah, for like action scenes, whatever. Yeah. I don't know if it will, but you know, it's it's. it's Are they all original compositions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
some of them are written collectively, some of them are written by individuals in the group. Um, but um, that's the current buzz there. Uh, awesome. But, yeah. Uh, I guess watch watch that space. Yes, definitely. It's a, yeah. a lot of very a lot of people are very very interested in it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it goes in the next year. It really will. Yeah, and really. the thing is as well, it's so unpredictable, man. I have a fucking breeze where it's going to be on the air. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> you yeah. love that kind of chaos, though, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think well, you like, do to a point. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, it's just, the unpredictability of it is great. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool to be a part of it. And, like, I've made some great friends through it, man. Like, the, I'm just, like, I've made some good friends through it. You know what? Um, every, every project you've told me about, you've, met, you've had good experiences. And you've had, yeah. you've made good friends out of them all. Yeah. Which is, do you know what? That's brilliant. That's it, and and yeah, it's something I've realised in the last, you know, just recently, just, uh, just the social as- aspect of it, and how much of a role it's had in, you know, the social side of my life. Yeah. You know, and I, like I'll always be grateful <laughs> to music for that, I guess, because it's just, you know, that's the best part of it. Yeah. When all boils down to it, just mess on with sound lads and sound girls, you know, sound people in general. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's. The beautiful thing about music, isn't it? It is, and we can yeah. all we can all agree on that. Man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've made some amazing friends over the years. I really have, and keep and keep in touch with my, most of them. Yeah, you know, which is awesome. And I know, and like as well as that, even to my degree, I can call and even just say you, for example, if I need a, a deal for a gig or someone else. Yeah, and if for some if they're available, they'll do it for me no problem. And that means a lot to me, you know. And yeah. Uh, you can't you can't buy that shit. Yeah, you know you yeah. really can't like you know so. Yay for music. Yeah, that's <laughs> ah, the um, one. It's the one. How did the scratch come about? The scratch came about uh, because me and Jordan wanted mm. to learn how to sing. Um, yeah, that was that's how it started, and we wanted to learn this uh, cover that Glenn Hanser did called Gold. Uh, just because it, well we both loved the tune and there was, it was the whole tune is harmonised so we're like, okay. we, we learned to sing and then we could you know learn to harmonise with each other and the the, the tuning that uh, the, like the the guitar tuning for that song is E B E E B E E B E which is an open tuning and uh, so obviously Jordan tuned it so we could learn the song and then he just ended up arson around on the guitar in that tuning yeah and I heard him jamming on it one day and he played he was just playing some riff and I was like jeez that's class and uh, I went into him and I was like man what's that and he was like oh it's just fucking about like and <laughs> I was like, like delish and I had a cajon sitting in my room that uh, my folks got me one year for Christmas and I, I wasn't I'd never really used it yeah and so I busted that out and we went down to the kitchen and just kind of hashed out the guts of a tune Savage. just there and then you know and the two of us just kind of just looked at each other and we were like, this is delish. And uh, so over the next few days, or I think that was it. And then one night we were just having a few tins and this was around the time that we weren't, you know, the Red Enemy was fizzling out and we were kind of at the height of our frustration with that whole thing. Yeah. And we were like, we made it, we just made a decision to just try and work on that a bit more. And because uh, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. And we uh, hashed out a few more ideas and then got Doc in on it, and then Peter is a, just a friend of ours, and he we, he just he, he plays guitar and bass, so and we get along really well. Yeah. And 
we were like, do you want to be in it? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that was it. Like, and then we just had jams in the kitchen and just had so much crack with it. And decided to book ourselves a gig just to kind of light a little fire on yeah. our ass. And we videoed, uh, we put a mic in the middle of the kitchen and put two cameras on either side of us and just videoed us playing through two tunes and posted <laughs> online. Yeah. And people were like, what? It's you know, exploded. Yeah, people were like, What's, what the fuck is this? And we were like, it's the fucking scratch, that's what it is. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then we booked a gig and loads of our mates buzzed down and we had a great laugh. Yeah. And from there on, we were just like, this is class. Uh, and we just, we from our experience at Red Enemy, we were just like, right, let's never overthink anything and let's just always remember to have fun. And Deadly. Not, you know, care about anything that isn't important, that isn't to do with the tunes. Yeah. Or having the crack. Excellent. And anytime we always just try and check ourselves if we're ever overthinking anything. And that's just been the, been the entire buzz. And we'd never, like, we, we all we do is go busking. And if someone asks us to do a gig and the price is right, we'll do it. Uh, but all, all our focus just goes on writing tunes. So we've just been doing that. And we're just in the process of trying to get as much music online as possible. Yeah, so. I saw you just booked the EP up only recently on yeah. Spotify. Yeah. Which so, is awesome, by the way. No, thanks very much. Yeah. Thanks very much. So we, we, we've put that up and then the two other singles we released uh, uh, halfway through last year. Uh, they're all the releases out so far. Yeah. Um, so we're doing a gig this Saturday. So Lovely. it'll probably be uh, finished by the time this goes Where's out. Where's that on the wheel? Uh, no, we... We decided to book this uh, venue called the Underground, which is 120 capacity. Okay. Because we were just like, look, we'd love to just sell out a venue. Yeah, know? yeah. And uh, so we felt pretty confident we would. And then, surely enough, when we put the tickets on sale, they, 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 they sold out that day. I saw that, yeah. Um, so we were just like, fucking hell, this is last. So we, we did that gig just to pay for the EP that we just recorded. Brilliant. So after this gig, we're going to get the heads down and just, uh, you know, go through all the material we have and... Uh, put together another EP and try and get that out uh, in the next two months and then book another gig Yeah, to pay for that and then, <laughs> and then just keep writing but that's what it should be about is like doing stuff like that so you yeah. can do another EP or you know yeah. make the money for that because like it's not like you know uh, you know, I honestly think that actually you could you could be onto something with this band I really do Yeah, I really do because it's different Yeah, but it's familiar for people it's got a nice familiar feel yeah but it's very different it's very out there like you know yeah um i think you could hit the international markets with this thing yeah i, I mean, really do it's it's again like we're just trying to like and it's 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 always delicious to hear that because we, we've heard that a few times now like we we've, we definitely just stumbled on something that's a bit unique and then just the four of us just being metalheads yeah. and look you know all of us have long hair we look like metalheads you know, we're playing this acoustic music yeah it's just weird it know? always it, it, it appeals yeah. it's like for me with Sacred Blues Band because I'm totally different to the rest of them yeah and I when I, I play Cajon and I do my back and vocals yeah and I play Cajon yeah. yeah and so when I like I mean I, the, my, and John in the Sacred Blues always tells me this, he goes, the one uh, comment some people always say he wasn't doing backup vocals. No way. Look at him. Yeah. Because yeah. my, my backup vocal would be higher than my vocal, uh, vocal range would be higher than Mel's. Yeah. So yeah. I'm always doing the higher, uh, yeah. you know. And yeah. then you see the tattoos and the the, the, the t shirts, and I I don't dress differently for yeah. their gigs. So I'm still kind of king. Whoa. Yeah. Like you know. So yeah. yeah. Like look looking like 
metalheads playing different music does yeah. appeal to people. Yeah, yeah. They're like, they yeah. playing that? Yeah. It's deadly. We went up and did a, a, what kind of really got more, well, what kind of put us uh, into the mixer a bit more was a video that somebody recorded on their phone of us busking up in Ballyshannon yeah. for uh, Roy Gallagher Fest, which we just decided to do because I really wanted to go. I've always wanted to go and I've always uh, been busy uh, during that weekend or forgotten its own because it's so early in <laughs> the festival season. So we made a point of just going and then from that we were like, wait a minute, we may as well, if we're all going, we may as well bring the shite and do a bit of busking outside because yeah. we found out you could you could do that. You were right. And yeah, some lad took a video of us when we arrived the first day and we spent the whole weekend busking just to pay our way, you know. Yeah. And uh, ended up having a blast and came back, checked Facebook and then there was just this video that was just blowing up. And then it was kind of like, it was at like 15,000 views or something like that and then, and it was kind of, you know, slowly climbing up and then all of a sudden one morning it was at like, you know, 300,000 views. <laughs> and then this, uh, I can't remember her name, um, but she got in touch with us and she had a connection for Joe.ie and so she sent it on to them. And at this point, our video was getting like a, it was at around half a million. Right? Oh. The video your man took. Yeah. And then Joe that shared their video on that eventually shot up to like a million views. So just wow. our Facebook page was just fucking blowing up. Yeah. And so from there on, like we've just had a lot more eyes on us. And it's it's kind of led to the hype that mm. we now have, which is class. It's but amazing, yeah. The gas thing is, is like we, we couldn't have tried any less. You know what I mean? All we've been concentrating on is having fun and just writing tunes yeah. and it's still that way and it's it's always delish to hear you know people say oh you know this this, this could be something or whatever yeah. we're trying not to think about that no just, we don't want to we you know we, we just want to keep doing what we we wanted to do you know yeah then, well i think everyone wants to i think i'm, I'm thinking now we all want yeah. you to succeed yeah we all want you to do well we get you know to see as i said you know the you see us all playing and loving it yeah why wouldn't anyone want to see us do that? yeah why wouldn't you like you know if we say to you there could be something in that. Yeah, yeah. That's I think everyone that says it to you is genuine. Oh, one hundred percent. You know, and it's like yeah, it's it's like I said, it's it's class to hear. You know, uh, that everyone everyone's into it. You know, yeah, it's big time, man. Um, so we're just kind of we're not looking too far into it. We're just kind of writing tunes and keeping that buzz going. Deadly. And yeah, not planning anything. <laughs> just going with the first idea that comes to our head. Like same with the videos we do. It's just the first idea that comes to our head. Uh, Doc kind of Doc takes the reins with that side of things, yeah. And generally, he'll have the idea, you know, for a video, and we're just like, yeah. We'll He's another very very talented man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't get enough props. Yeah. Um. He's a fine guitar player, he's and a he's becoming a, a serious uh, videographer as well. Really? Yeah, man. Yeah, he's uh, he's doing a lot of work at uh, at the minute with a lot of bands and then outside bands as well you know he's he's getting into the, the corporate world of it oh, and uh, he's kind of yeah he, he's he's found that he's really interested in editing and, uh -huh. and videography he's always kind of had that interest there but he when he delves more into it with Music Maker he you know gained more experience and realised well I actually have a flair for this yeah. I've got an eye for it and being in bands in particular like when he's working with bands he just knows what bands want yeah um, in terms of like shots and he's very good at capturing energy you know which is really important when you're when you put a fucking music video together yeah. you know and so he just gets it and 
it's getting him a lot of work as a result. Awesome. And it's delicious to see, you know, of he's, he's really passionate about it and he's fucking out the door right now. <laughs> so he's like, he's working very, very hard and uh, it's starting to really pay off. Damn. It's um, great yeah. to hear that all the good stuff, man. It really is. Like, yeah, yeah, we're keeping our lip, man. Trying our best. <laughs> Trying our best. Keep an eye out for the scratch because Absolutely. I have a feeling some sort of uh, domination is going to happen at some point. So. I don't know, see. We were saying that we won't see some more about it. Like, you know. <laughs> Listen, we're going to bring it, we want to wrap it up in a minute, if that's all right with you. Absolutely, yeah. Um, tell me this, and I always ask, there's two questions I always ask people on the podcast, and I should have prepared you for one of them, but I forgot, because <laughs> I was in work. Uh, tell me your top five albums. Oh, now, if you can, you know, I always allow a sixth one. Right, they don't have okay. to be in order. Okay, okay, right. And it could be any, preferably metal, but like, you know. Okay. Uh, does that make it easier or harder? Well, I, I just want to say one that's just, I find it harder and harder to get into an album as, you know, a package these days. Yeah. My, my attention span uh, has just fucking taken a shite. All right. Well, then yeah, give me your... having attention. But like, no, like with that five. said, with oh. that said, like there's an album that's been blowing me up the last while, uh, the last few weeks, and it's by this dude called Jordan Rakai, and I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. But Jordan Rakai. Jordan Rakai. Jordan Rocky. Jordan. Jordan Rakai. We'll go with Jordan. Okay. Or A K E I. Okay. The album's called Wallflower, and I just cannot get enough of this album, and it's the first album in a while that just grabbed me like that. Right. And then, I guess, jeez, oh, man, metal boys. Well, it doesn't have to be metal. Yeah, you know, I, I you have know, to throw a metal album in. Well, of course. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Jesus. Uh, well, I'm obviously going to go straight in for Pantera anyway. Pantera. Uh, oh, that's hard to sell that. Well, Vulgar Display of Power. Mm-hmm. It just has to be, because that was the first album. That kind of, I think most of us yeah, put that there. I have to throw a Vulgar in there, so that's two. Uh, third one. I'll, try, I'll get another metal jobber in. I'd say Lamb of God, uh, as the past has grown, that changed the name for me. Um, that's three now. Jesus. What are we gonna I do should here? have prepared you for this. Uh, number four. I'm just going to have to go with fucking... Go with your gut. Yeah. Uh, okay, four. Teen Lizzy Live and Dangerous. Fuck mm. it. Yeah. I'll that in there. Cool. Definitely deserves a spot. Um, five. Okay. Just trying to think, and even the last year, like one that just kind of ah fuck it, I'll go with Meshuggah Colossus. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go Colossus. There's a few Meshuggah albums in there, I'd like to fucking lash in. Yeah, Meshuggah Colossus, we'll go with that. That's that's a nice, varied mix. Yeah, yeah. So Jordan McCoy, Wildflower, Pantera, Vulgar Display of Hair. Uh, what did I say? Meshuggah Colossus, yeah. Tin Lizzy, Live and Dangerous. And what was the last one? Well, it's there anyway. Lamb of God. Lamb of God. It's Paz So that's Paz's pretty. Point. That's a yeah, voice very mix. Packed with metal there anyway. Yeah, of course. It is yeah. a metal show. So. Well, that's it. That's it. <laughs> now, there's another question that I always ask. Now, are you a fan of Iron Maiden? No. Right. Okay, so <laughs> I can't even ask you this question. What is it? Because on one of my first podcasts, Johnny from the Sacred Blues Band, we were talking about mm. Iron Maiden, and he was like, he made a comment to the to the kind of vein that. Are made and are lyrically empty. Really? So I can I even ask you that? I don't think so. No, so we'll no. put that down as a yes for him. Okay. Right? Yeah. So that's 
We'd say that's a yes for him. You think they're literally dead. Because not that, I'm not saying that you do, yeah, but yeah. we'll put a yes down as a default. Right. Because everyone else has said, no, they're not literally dead. And yeah. they'll give me reasons why. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> so it sparks a bit of a debate. Well, yeah, well, it's just to make a point. I'm just doing it to annoy him to make a point now. That, <laughs> like most people that I get on this on this podcast yeah. are going to say, no, they're not literally dead. Or empty. Or whatever, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, thanks for that. I had, I bought Iron Maiden Rock and Rio, that DVD, and I watched that quite a bit. But I never, it never spurred me on to buy any of their albums. I get, I never delved into the Iron Maiden world as much as mm. the other albums, like the likes of Testament. Yeah, Testament, Pantera, Metallica were my three from like back in the day, I guess. The old school era. Are you uh, touch of Exodus here? And there. Have you still got the Crowbar Love? Oh yeah, yeah. That's I still, oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. And I went, I went to I finally caught them after ten years, <laughs> ten eleven years of listening to them. Mm-hmm. Um, at the Voodoo, which was great. Yes, it, it was. was it was pretty finally, awesome. It was great to finally see them. And two tales well didn't do too badly. Uh, yeah, we enjoyed it. Would you say so? It was an awesome uh, experience. I'd say. say what was that? Yeah, look, and, and you, you 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 did both. Shows. Yeah, we did both shows. Belfast was uh, even better. Yeah, I have to say, uh, performance wise, for on our part, I mean, right. Um, and then I'm sure by that stage we were. You know they, they were kind of warming up to the both us and Slug and yeah. You know they love their sound. The sound guys, they're really sound guys. Like you know. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was that was pretty awesome. Who did sound for you uh, in, in Dublin? Building? Yeah, uh, Rats was it? Yeah, it was because you were so heavy. <laughs> it was seriously heavy. The sound was seriously on point. And then in Belfast, it was a guy. I can't remember his name, but he. I don't know if you, did you hear the EP from that that we released yeah, yeah, yeah that was recorded at Crowbar yeah and he came up to me and he had he had done a couple of our shows but I didn't know him mm. if you know what I mean but he was like uh, I'm going to record your performance tonight and I was like god daddy because what he had done was he brought his own gear in mm. he brought his whole rig yeah to, to, for, to do the show and uh, he was like why not and he knew our sound and like that again he knew our sound yeah and we sounded particularly hefty that night as well, you know, which was pretty good. It's always good when you have someone who knows your sound. Ah, yeah. You know yeah. yourself. Rats knows our sound inside out from playing there, from yeah. playing on the rocks and yeah. hearing us in in when uh, in jamming in four uh, K and you know, and he's he's got a good head in the shoulders as well. Ah, like, yeah. You know? I mean, so, yeah. When it comes to metal, he knows the fucking crack. Was, he knows what's so, up. What was the name of his band? Dichotomy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. They were a savage band. He's some player as well, man. I don't even know if he's playing anymore. I don't know. Do you know? Really? I don't know. I haven't spoken to him in a long time. He was a technically gifted fucker, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Those were, yeah. They uh, were some boys back yeah. then. They are all the same bunch of lads as well. Yeah. Listen, it's been amazing having yeah. an old chat with you. Yeah, man. Likewise. Um, Great catching up. You didn't think you could last it. I don't know. <laughs> I told you you could. <laughs> it's, uh, I will should look. I mean, when you're doing it with your mate, I guess it's always, always going to make it, it a lot easier. That's it. And this is all oh, it ever is. Uh, me talking to my friends. And yeah. um, if everyone else listens to it, it's a bonus. And as I said, I always like, I mean, you know, don't, very few people have heard you talk and yeah. about your projects. And so it's always nice to give a little bit of it, a bit of flesh to the bones. Well, man, thanks very much for having me on. Appreciate no problem. It. Thank you very much for coming on, and um, we'll be keeping an eye out for your projects. We get another handshake. We go. There we go. I love you, man. <laughs> this is King Wall over and out. Thank you, folks. Bye. Well, that was 
Lano there, very cool interview. Really enjoyed that one. And thanks again to Dan for coming down to King Walls Court and, you know, having a good old chat with me. Uh, we're old buddies, we're old bandmates, so it all, it's always good to catch up with him. And hopefully, uh, he's not too big for his boots these days. He's a big rock star now. Um, maybe he'll come back onto the court. Anyway, thanks for listening. And we'll get back to um, the episodes, episodes tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, I think, yeah. So stay tuned and you'll have a new podcast. Adios.